I'm Ron Algar-Watt, and this is More Bits. Mark Darren and I have known one another for 25 years now. He was then, and remains to this day, one of the most inspirational people I have ever known. Mark is currently a creative director with Telltale Games, and has been heavily involved in a number of their biggest hits, including Tales from Monkey Island, Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, and, perhaps most notably, Walking Dead. He won a giant trophy for that. If you ever talk to Mark, you should ask him about his trophy. He loves talking about it. Uh, so I, you know, my, my usual sort of start-out questions are the usual boring, like, what are your influences? What are you, like... I don't know. I think you may be the only person I've known my entire life who is ex- doing exactly what they want to do when they grow up. It just through a series of bizarre coincidental events. Uh, not entirely. A lot of that's by design. Only on the latter half. Like in the, like in one year of design, and then a lot of just stumbling into it. Okay, but you you made uh, let's let's go back through for people who are not familiar with you. You all right? After you like got out of like uh, you went to art school, right? Uh, oh, I did. Yes, I went to the art institute. Right. I mean, yeah. I say art school. You got a proper degree. Yes. Um, and then after that, you started making independent games in Flash, and then you got hired by what is now one of the most successful, you know, like uh, gaming companies out there right now. So obviously, you didn't completely stumble. I guess not completely. I wasn't. I didn't think this would happen when I enrolled in school. I just didn't want to work retail anymore. Well, okay. And I figured I should go for something and see where it took me. I assumed I'd be designing shitty websites for the rest of my life. But then, <laughs> well, this was like two thousand ish, and that's that's what the that's where the work was at that point. True. Yeah, I still hated it at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the the flash games, which was not. Part of that, you know, that was just making a, a game that my friends were going to play and then got got a lot of attention out in the media for whatever reason. Well, the reason was because it was called The Case of the Crabs. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you had to have put some thought into it. You couldn't have put all that work into it just for the, you know, the 10 or 12 of us to play. There had to, you know. Well, the first one was. The first one was just... <clears throat> Just, you know, I had old scripts sitting around from the from the movies we used to make in high school, mm-hmm. and wanted to didn't have the means or the people I wanted to make it with anymore. So I thought, at the very least, it could make a make a point and click adventure game out of it, right? And get those guys. Now we're kind of entering the digital age, so I can get all my friends to do voices for it, mm-hmm. and then do it in Flash, so they can just load up a browser and, and play it. And say, oh, that's cute, and move on. And that's really all I wanted to do with that first one. Okay, but why was, why a game and why not just like a cartoon? Um, just because I liked the games and I always wanted to make a point and click adventure game. I I had started one on the Amiga. Oh right. Which was the the young Nick Bounty game. Right. Which nobody was ever going to see because it was just localized on my Amiga no, hard drive. I lived with you and I didn't even see it. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't let me see it until it was past a certain point, and then I think you lost everything. Yes, the Amiga died, as well as the hard drive. I think. Actually, I think I have the. I think I had the hard drive actually right there. Oh, nice! Literally just sitting on the stack of hard drives <laughs> that I have here in the office uh, that I was going to attempt to resurrect things from. But we'll, we'll see. I don't I, think it's saveable. Uh, probably not. I mean, when when did that die? The late nineties? <laughs> oh yes, and I still have it 
holding on to some dream that there's a fraction of code that I can extract the old mm. young Nick Bounty game point and click adventure. So, but really going all the way back, yeah, back in the day, like I were a few years apart, like you graduated before, like I didn't actually know you in school, but we were still, we still hung out like, you know, around that time. And you, we all made like movies on VHS just because that was a thing to do. <laughs> yes, that we was, did. That's the best thing we had available to us. We had camcorders and friends who were either in theater or wanted to be, and that's what we did. So it seems like, and I know prior to meeting you, you still did all kinds of stuff like this. You, like you've always wanted to tell stories, right? I mean, that's always a thing you've, you've been into doing. Yeah, pretty much. It's always been about the, I wanted to be in entertained. I wanted to entertain people. Um, we, we did, we did comedy tapes on cassette tapes. We just did comedy skits yep. and copied them on cassette tapes and passed them around the schools and, and stuff. And we did, we wrote our screenplays and we did our movies and, and, uh, yeah, so it's always kind of been about that creative storytelling aspect. So, but and comic it, books, don't forget comic books. Oh, of course. I, but has it always been games that you've wanted to end up in? Because it seems like you, like the convergence of all the, you know, audio and visual and, and storytelling and all that stuff kind of comes together in one big thing. I, I didn't even think games was a thing I could really actually get into. <laughs> no on idea. a practical level or just because of your interest? Uh, just, I guess, on a practical level. I didn't have any idea how you would get into the industry. So I was kind of focused more on the... The, the filmmaking. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to tell stories and direct and make movies, and that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, then so many horror stories <laughs> of people <laughs> who are trying to get in it starts to seem less and less interesting. And and uh, I don't know. Learning learning Flash gave me the ability to tell these stories in a kind of a game format, uh, which for some reason was more interesting than animation. I think because I was. I sucked at animation. I was really <laughs> shitty at it. And I could hide some of that behind a game. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to have great animation as long as the, the story being told in the game was, was fun. Right. Um. So you, you you say you made that first one just, like, for your friends, but it, it sort of took off? Like, did you, did you fan that flame at all, or did it just kind of, like, did people start finding you? Um, initially people started finding me. I started seeing it pop up on other, you know, like Flash websites that were a collection of Flash games that were found around the web and such. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think there was a, an adventure game website that could kind of found it out in the wild and did a review on it. And, uh, once I saw that people were starting to get interested, I, I definitely then started fanning the flames and started trying to pull people over to see it and put it out there and, Oh yeah, because by the time we got to developing the the second game you did, which which you very graciously let me like write and and co-direct with you, like uh, you were you were very much in the mindset of I'm making a thing. I'm going to call this Pinhead Games, and people are going to like go to the website, and we'll try to get some press for it. And you know, like, like it seemed like you were more into the marketing end of things at that point. Yeah, it definitely was. I had by that time I had gone and re-enrolled in school again, so I was kind of halfway through getting my uh, my degree in multimedia entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I kind of used the momentum of the first game and saw that I could build a portfolio around the second game and not just the game, mm-hmm. but the uh, all the support that everything I was learning uh, in school would also entail the kind of the marketing aspect of it and the, the um, 
uh, copywriting and pushing it and, and working with a team and kind of developing these skills so that I could then apply and build a portfolio with. So there's definitely a direction on that second game that I was using that specifically to to kind of build that portfolio. And I started talking with Telltale mm-hmm. right around that time. Really? Because they had just announced that that they were leaving LucasArts and starting up. Well, LucasArts had shut down their, mm-hmm. their games department already. And then shortly after, I saw like a press release that said they're starting a, a couple of veterans are starting a new company. Mm-hmm. And they seem small enough that I can email them and, and, and point them at what I'm doing and, and show them some reviews and ask for some advice. And uh, then we started going back and forth for a little while until they gave me a, a, a little test. Uh, actually, it was a programming test because I was coming in initially as a programmer. Mm-hmm. So I did a, uh, a mock-up of a CSI game because they were working on CSI at the time. Mm-hmm. And I did a whole mock-up of that game in Flash to show that I could program something that would kind of emulate it. Was this when we were making Brain Hotel? That doesn't that doesn't seem. Right. Uh, it was shortly shortly after Brain Hotel. It was I, I get really confused in the whole timeline? There's a lump in the '90s that's all kind of folds <laughs> on top of itself. Yep. I don't know when it started and when it ended, but in that lump somewhere, well, we, this we was did, happening. We did that in 2004. I remember that. And then the next one you did was the second bounty game in 2005. Like, you did a game a year. Yeah. Three, three years in a row, basically. Right. Yeah, so it was, it was right about that time. Huh. Okay. I, w- I don't think I was aware of that. I think we were, we, like... The thing, the, the, and this this strays from interviewing you a little and becomes about <laughs> me for a second, but... Um, Perfect. I, really, yeah. So you, you can just sit down and listen listen to me talk <laughs> about me now. Now, it, working with you on that, and I've told you this before, really opened my eyes to the possibilities of, of collaborating. I'd been beating my head against doing creative stuff for years, and just nobody was noticing, nobody was listening, nobody, you know... And working with you is like, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to find other people to help me. <laughs> because you and I together, we put our heads down and we put so many hours in. Like, it was yeah. pretty much you and me until we got to the point where we get voice actors. Yep. I, and, and that was a whole new eye-opener thing that people would, like, lend their talent and make it oh that much, so much better. I don't remember which of us came up with the idea, but it was a total, like, gamble. Like, here's a, here's a, a forum for voice actors that work for money, let's see if they'll do it free. And then a bunch of them <laughs> said, yeah, I will. I think that was you, because I don't think I had any idea where to find that stuff. I was just relying on, on friends at that time. I, I don't remember. Like I said, it was it was a total shot in the dark, whoever yep. it was. But, but then we got auditions, and we got lots of auditions, and then we got too many auditions. <laughs> like, yeah, and we got some really, really good people. Yeah, and it was to the point where you were sending me all this stuff daily, like, what do you think? And it was almost too much to listen to. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, pick one. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, was... I remember getting the auditions and saying, oh, my God, this, this person is known for voice acting in a game. Yeah. And I, that's that's I would, very intimidating. I did that thing occasionally where, wait, wait a minute, I know that voice. Yeah. And and I, oh, Jesus. This guy wants to read my words for nothing. <laughs> and that was, for me, like the biggest thing was hearing professional actors read my jokes. Like t- just realizing, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad as I think I am. <laughs> Coming out of somebody who knows what they're doing, this actually works. Yes. But it, it makes a big difference. It really does. And I, I mean, you get that all the time. You're working with, you know, like big names now. But, uh, but back in the day, you were just you were making these flash games. Like I said, that that game was ninety percent me and you until the end. Yep. 
and it was fantastic. And then, yeah, you moved on to the third one where you then had those guys sort of in your like in your stable at that point, and they were like, "This is fun. I'll do more." Yeah. Yep. And you got original music for that one, if I, as I recall. Actually, you got original music for mine as well. Yeah, that's when I started reaching out and, and trying to find composers and animators and storyboard people. So I wasn't doing everything, and it it wasn't just because just because I was mostly shitty at everything else. <laughs> But I really did want to kind of understand what it means to, to work collaboratively with people and, and yeah. kind of lead a team and have that as a thing in my portfolio and resume. It It's re- like I said, it made a huge impact on me to the point where now that's how I work on my bigger stuff. And I love it. Like, I can't imagine doing this stuff alone. And yeah. you, you really sort of opened my eyes to that. So I, I appreciate that. But for for me, that that set me on the path to independent production for you. It got you a job. You're the man now. You sold out. <laughs> yes. No, you you got somehow you managed to get the best of all worlds here because uh, I mean, I kid, but you you did get a, a a job with a big company, but they weren't a big company at the time, so you had the advantage right. of being almost indie for a while and then gradually moving up with them. I did. I got lucky to, by being there at the right time, at the right place and, yeah. and bothering them just enough <laughs> to to get them interested in the stuff I was doing, but not so much that they just shut me out. No, and I remember at the time when they hired you, you were like, oh my god, I looked at, like, all the other people they hired, like, worked on Monkey Island and yes. worked on Grim Fandango and this and that. I'm the only guy whose credits are stuff I made up myself. <laughs> it was extremely intimidating. We grew up playing the Monkey yes! Island games and and all the these point-and-click adventures, and then I'm, I'm sitting there interviewing with the people who who have made them, and I'm working with the people who's who's made these games that yeah. were celebrities to me. Yeah, and then and then eventually Telltale goes on to work, and you work directly on it, uh, the, the Monkey Island uh, uh, sequel. Yeah. You work directly with, uh, what's his name, Dominic. Work with Dominic and, and Dave Grossman and yeah. Ron Gilbert. Yeah. It was, uh, driving Ron Gilbert around in my car was one of the more surreal moments. <laughs> You and I that I had you and I played Monkey and Monkey Two like at my house like I mm-hmm. had a, a VGA card so it looked it looked nice on my PC I remember and this was back before the games had had voices so we did all the silly voices ourselves and <laughs> we just we had all this like what is Ron Gilbert thinking like we had we made this guy out to be this genius like living in a cave somewhere or something you know what I mean just this like oh man he's insane what's he gonna do next <laughs> well. Put joins the parade. I'm pretty sure he is living out. in a cave. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> beyond that, yeah, it's different. And when he's when he's a guy talking about eating the, a Thanksgiving burrito. <laughs> what, just, what is a Thanksgiving burrito? Is I it exactly what I think it is? It pretty much is. It's just all the trimmings of a Thanksgiving dinner stuffed in a tortilla and slathered with gravy. Ooh, I didn't and picture the gravy. He loves it. Oh, that's Does, the thing that sticks out in my brain. Wow, I I'm I I usually would have a clever rejoinder for that, but I'm just sort of picturing. The, the more I think about that, the more I like it. I think I it, want to think. Does sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it, he was quite obsessed with it, though. Wow. Is it, did you just happen to catch him at a moment where this was his thing that week, or was he, or is he just like always obsessed with it? Uh, no, it was not a current thing. It was a thing he was remembering back to fondly and expounding on quite elaborately. Oh, that's very strange. <laughs> But it is Ron Gilbert. There's yeah. a certain amount of strangeness that comes inherent with that. Right. 
No, and I, I just, I remember you shared with me a couple of things that, that he told you, a couple of, you know, like, uh, things about behind the scenes of Mike Island, and it's, mm -hmm. like, you got to, you got to pick his brain, that's so, because to me, I don't, I don't play a lot of games anymore, much to your chagrin, I'm sure, like, you, you know, <laughs> but I, I, those are, you know, th those have a very fond place in my memory, those, like, when I rank the things that were most influential to me, like, uh, comedically, particularly, Monkey Island is near the top. And you just got to hang out with the guy and, you know, that's like hanging out with one of the Pythons or hanging out with, you know, George Carlin or, you know, like, just like I put him up there with all the comedy greats. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was quite an honor being chosen to kind of lead the, the next Monkey <laughs> Island game. Yeah, no, and, no pressure. And uh, I, I thought I had done a, a pretty good job of it. I'm still proud of it, but I go back and look at it right now uh -huh. and and it's just it's glaring how much I'm just <laughs> just kind of living in the past and, and stealing the old jokes uh, because I don't have any better ones of my own. <laughs> See, I don't know. I thought you did a good mix because there was definitely there were definitely callbacks, but you also did more character development and character like advancement than I think any of those games did. And, and that's the part of it I, I like. Mm -hmm. uh, I I just didn't think there was as much fan service there as there is. Mm. It really, when I watch it again, it just, it kicks me in the face. It's, it's hard with something like that. It's like, it's like J.J. Abrams taking over Star Wars. There's gonna yeah. have to be, like, everyone went nuts when they saw the Millennium Falcon, and he knows that. Yeah. Like, of course, people want new Star Wars, but they also want to see the Millennium Falcon. You know, what I mean? like, it's it's really hard to walk that line. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've seen it in many games, and even, I think, some of the other, the, the Monkey Island game, the before us, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's calling back too much the previous ones. It wants to be that. It's not being its own thing enough. And I would never do that. And I probably <laughs> did it tw twice as much. Yeah, but you also had five games. Well, yeah, So but twice as much divided by five means you didn't do it as much as they did. Well, five games is the length of one big Monkey Island game. So that doesn't count. Oh, all right. There you go. Even so, no, seriously, though, like I thought and... Some of this interview is going to come off like me just like kissing my friend's ass, and it's not that. <laughs> I, I, out of respect for you, I'm not going to say if I think something sucks, but I may just not talk about it. <laughs> but, but no, I think you That's guys. Fair. I think you, you, you don't have to be, be subtle. I've now working here. Sucks is a thing I hear constantly. <laughs> yeah, but in, I've got a thick skin against things that suck these days. Internally, that's different. Also, eh, not really. also, you're representing your company, and you don't need somebody telling, "Oh, yeah, you guys really <laughs> dropped the ball on this one." What the fuck, man? That's fair. Now, um, I, you can I, talk about Jurassic Park. Is that what's happening? I never played that. <laughs> I, I, from what I hear, it was a fun movie that you occasionally push buttons for, but yeah. uh, I don't know anything about it, honestly. Um, but no, as far as Monkey Island goes, like I feel like you guys added a layer of of. I, I hesitate to say seriousness because it still felt comedic. But there was more drama there. There was more character there. Like, it always felt like Elaine was an object that he was supposed to get. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's here's especially another. Especially when she was gold. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's another inventory item for you. But you guys made their relationship. Like, you explored their relationship and what it meant, and you put it at in jeopardy. And like, I, I it really bothered me in a in a good way. <laughs> it was just like, wait, they can't not be together. Of course they're together. What what are you guys doing? Stop that! Yeah, that's I guess one of the things Telltale wanted to do from like day one is is focus on relationships. 
Well, that's the thing the you guys have always said, that it's always right. about the characters and the stories. Yep. And as much as I love Monkey on Monkey 2, really, story-wise, the, the, the stories were frameworks to hang jokes on. <laughs> and I, there were some good jokes. Oh, there were some amazing jokes, particularly unique to the medium. Like, there were, there were jokes in Monkey 2 in particular that could only be told in an adventure game. Like, right. you couldn't make a movie and those jokes, like, those jokes wouldn't work there. They, they yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when Alan Moore does comics, he says he wants to make stuff that can only work in comics. And it's the same. Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, but story-wise, I don't know that I could explain that story to someone, especially the third act. Um, <laughs> of Monkey 2? Yeah. Yes. Mm, then it's a, um, a, an amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> And he was his brother all along. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. It's kind of like Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams does mm. not write good plots. He always comes up with this device that allows everything to be a coincidence. Right. Either in Hitchhikers, he's got the improbability drive. In uh, Dirk Gently, he's got the interconnectedness of all things. But it's always like, I just want to be able to pull coincidences out of my ass to hang jokes on. It doesn't matter. And But you guys took it beyond that. And you said, no, let's let's really make these characters feel like people. And I don't think Guybrush ever really felt like a person before. And it was it was cool. Yeah, thanks. So but then there was also how appropriate you fight like a cow. Like you need both. <laughs> yes. Can't be Monkey Island without the jokes. Right. But we just wanted to make an evolution of it and to take it a step further to give us a reason to be making this in the first place. Now, I, on the other hand, I've played a bit of the Sam and Max games. And this, is, this isn't a complaint at all, but it feels like those are just more of the same, which is what people want. That's fine. Right. There's no, there's no character development for Sam or Max. They're just Sam and Max. Yes. <laughs> they can't really develop no. in, in a meaningful way. It would, it's, they're just these static forces right. that corrupt everything around them. <laughs> exactly. Are you guys still making those? Um, uh, there's nothing on the books right now. Hmm. Is, is, I mean, it may not be a thing you can talk about, but are you are you done for sure, or is it just kind of in the air? Uh, it's just not in the books right now. We've, just, okay. we've got a, a lineup that is full, and there's there's not a space for that at the moment. Fair enough. But don't know otherwise. But they were they were doing well, right? It's not like they, they were doing okay. And, okay, fair enough. Because for a long time, like that was the big deal when you guys first started, right? Was they're bringing Sam and Max back? This really is like LucasArts 2.0. Yep. And and then you, like, for a long time it felt, I think you guys were keen to get away from that, especially after Monkey. Like, okay, yeah, that's what that's where we came from, but we can do other stuff, you know. That was the goal, kind of, from the inception of, of Telltale. Anyway, we were kind of using what, what they had known growing up and building in the adventure games, uh, but it was always about the story, but they wanted to use that kind of platform to start and have a, uh, a place where they knew people were, wanted a Sam and Max game to start there, but it was always kind of pushing forward right. on a uh, on a cinematic interaction experience. And you're probably going to be drifting away from the traditional point-and-click adventures. That was kind of always part of the future vision of the company. So it wasn't a surprise that we kind of drifted in that direction. So is that a company-wide philosophy? It's not just individual projects are doing that? That's kind of the, the overall direction of everything? Yep. Huh. Interesting. So, I mean, the, the question that people have all the time and you probably can't answer is, will you do more of that older stuff? Will you do Monkey Island? Will you do, you know, like, I don't know, every everyone in the world, including you, I'm sure, wants to see another <laughs> Maniac Mansion game. Like, but it seems like you guys maybe have outgrown that. 
I I honestly don't know at this point. Uh, Fair that we've like I said, there's a lot of things on our plate right now, and we're we've partnered up with with Lionsgate Entertainment um, uh, for future projects. So there's there's a lot of larger IPs that we're interested in at this point. So mm-hmm. it it doesn't mean that we won't sneak back and and do right. um, some of the other things uh, in between, uh, depending as how our studio grows. I I just don't know what's on the table at this point. That's fair. It seems like you're in a, and I don't know, like, you know gaming way better than I do, and you know the gaming industry way better than I do, but from from my almost entirely uneducated perspective, it seems like you're in a similar position to Nintendo, where they always want to try to make new stuff, but people always want another Mario game. Hmm. People always want another Zelda game. I mean, yeah, they'll want to play the new thing, but... Uh, make sure you throw a Mario in there every now and then or whatever, you know, like it just <laughs> right. like there's always that nostalgia element. And it feels like I want to know where all these people who are nostalgic for Monkey Island were in the 90s when no games were happening because there was apparently no interest. Right. Like, it seems like there's suddenly this uh, not suddenly, but in the last five, 10 years, you guys have really reawakened this this interest in the genre, I think. I think uh, I think the interest was always there, hmm. um, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a big enough market, and one of Telltale's initial uh, objectives was to be a digital distribution market, mm-hmm. which meant we didn't have the overhead of producing the the box you know the the boxes and the and the physical media, and right you get it through be- the PlayStation you get it from the website whatever. Right, and because of that, we were able to produce on a much smaller budget. Really, does uh, that take up a, that much of the overhead, like printing boxes and stuff like that? I assume yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't have the numbers, but that was that was definitely part of why we were going episodic, mm-hmm. is so that we could work on a smaller budget, put a smaller game out there, um, reap the. Uh, um, you know, kick in the the uh, what do you call that? The profit from, <laughs> from from selling the game, so that that would directly influence the next episode. Right, and we could work on a really tight schedule that way, as opposed to investing huge amounts of money up front to produce long games that would you didn't know how it was going to do on the shelf. Right, uh, so we, we could kind of scale the budget accordingly, depending on uh, the interest in it and. So I think that whole um, that whole way of doing things for for Telltale initially is what enabled us to do the the point and click adventures mm-hmm. and and get it to people in a, a a smaller subset of people who are interested in that and then that kind of get the word out and that let word of mouth let the market grow a little bit uh, and then just that domino effect. Help right. launches in this direction. But. Well, it, and it's really interesting because I remember a lot of the stuff you're talking about now being met with incredible skepticism, like <laughs> episodic games in particular. Yeah, other companies had is. tried it and failed, and just failed and failed and failed. And you guys are like, no, 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 it's going to work. Watch, just watch. Mm. And it did. And like, and and people are like, uh, point and clicks. Everyone keeps trying to resurrect that. Nobody wants them anymore. And then you <laughs> made it work. Like so many gambles you guys took, but it seems like. Whoever was steering had a smart idea or just got lucky or a little both, but you've resurrected or or made or proven a lot of ideas that people thought were sort of untenable at this point, I think. 
And a lot of that is the uh, the vision of our CEO, Kevin Bruner, who was the guy who started the company, and he's still the guy kind of pushing forward mm-hmm. on the vision of the company all the way into this next, like, development of, of our super shows and, and going into to game and show production media, all that stuff. He's, he's really driving um, this creative effort and this vision, mm-hmm. which 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 can be confusing sometimes and it's it's <laughs> it's scary we get people coming in who are from the games background who don't understand you know how to work in this way and none of us really know how to work in this way because <laughs> it hasn't been done yet but right we're we're doing something right because we keep getting getting that fan feedback that they're really enjoying it well and i remember when you were working on the uh the walking dead game there were some uh, uh, sort of on high directions where you're like, this is, I've never done it this way before. Are you, are you, you know, you like, you were never like, oh, I hate this. This is terrible. These guys don't know what they're talking about. But it was always like, there were days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you say that. I was not going to rat you out for that. No, you, in general, though, you were like, I, you know, these guys know what they're doing. They hired me. They took a chance on me. Everything's going well. I'm obviously here. Like, I'm not going to bail or anything. But mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not really sure where they're going with this. And then it, it like it hit, and it did amazingly well. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it, it seems like you had a little difficulty adapting to that vision at one point, but it, it proved itself to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, I certainly did. I when I was first working on the Walking Dead, I was, I, I couldn't see how it was going to succeed. But a lot of that was being gun shy from the experience on Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jurassic Park was an uh, an interesting experience because really Jurassic Park, from my perspective, when I was designing it, it was fo- trying to focus on kind of the tablet versions of it and mm-hmm. how how you can maneuver and interact with the game uh, from a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. One of the things that came out of that was we kind of removed the ability to walk your character around. Uh, because trying to do that on a on a touchscreen, if you've tried to play with a virtual joystick, it just it just feels bad. Yep. So we tried to take that out and try to do something unique, which was partially um, successful in that format, but it didn't then translate to the consoles ah. or the PCs, which is where most of the market saw the product was on the consoles or on a PC, and it didn't. Now it felt like I was pretty disconnected because I'm not walking my character around. Right. Uh so there was the, there's a lot of weird experimentation with that, but then a lot of the feedback was it just felt like a movie that I would push some buttons to it. It didn't feel like a game, <laughs> which is fair because uh-huh. I, I get that. So when we started doing Walking Dead, and we started ripping the puzzles out <laughs> and taking away, we put the walking back in, uh-huh. but we we took away a lot of the other things that I thought was the core design, mm-hmm. and we were just left with talking to people. I'm like, well, they're they're just gonna say again, is this? There's no game here. I'm just pushing buttons and talking to people. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for me to really internalize that. The there's you can put a lot of um, philosophy uh, and psychology into talking to people that can make the game. Hmm. So the the gameplay is in the way you talk to people, and it's it's strategically moving pieces around on a board that you can't see to form your friendships and form your alliances. And that, that becomes a game right. in just the way you interact with 
people and not so it's picking, like, picking up inventory and solving puzzles. It's like back in the day, these dialogue trees and and so and such were one component of a larger game, and you guys just decided to strip away the other stuff and focus entirely on that. Right. And the, uh, back in the day, the uh, the dialogue trees were they were uh, most of the time they were a joke machine, right? That was where you got a lot of your jokes in, and you yeah. just exhausted your tree. You, you want you pretty much did every dialogue option until there was nothing left. Yeah, because somebody wrote on. a joke in there, and I want to see it. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I w- what I was thinking about specifically was uh, I think it was Fate of Atlantis. It might have been the other indie game, uh, mm. uh, Last Crusade. But no, it was Fate of Atlantis because you could choose to fight or yeah to fight or yep. do puzzles or to do dialogue. So like right. that game seems like it had sort of an early version of what you guys are doing now. Right. Like didn't that have the same kind of thing where you had to talk your way? I don't I I never played it that way. I preferred the puzzle version, but uh yeah, it was similar in that you were puzzling your way through uh by talking to people and using using your wits. Mm-hmm. Um so that was that definitely was an early influence of kind of where we where we ended up. We tried to take it more natural and more kind of alliances that Oh yeah. That aren't necessarily about puzzle solving your way through it. It's just kind of about the way you are experiencing the uh, the story being told. But I mean every game is okay, puzzle might not be the right word, but you are problem solving. You yeah. are you have a goal and you need to achieve that goal and you have to figure out how to do that with the right. materials or whatever available. So it might not be a puzzle in the strictest technical sense, but it's still a, you know. Yeah, true. Po- like problem solving kind of thing. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Like, and again, this isn't just because I'm your friend. Like, you, you've done some things I haven't been all that interested in that I, <laughs> I've told you that. Like, sorry, I'm sure I hope it does well, but I'm just, I'm not that interested. Like, you're doing Borderlands now, yeah, and fair. I hope it does well, but. Uh, <laughs> that is totally fair. But, I, uh, and that's more, that's not even, I don't like Borderlands, is I don't know anything about Borderlands, and I feel like I might be missing a, a, a key frame of reference there that, but, that's fine i was at the same place when we started borderlands i hadn't played a borderlands game at that point in time it, it looked pretty that's kind of all i knew about it um but, uh, it sounds like they built this world that they then just put a like a shooting game in and they said why don't you guys write some stories in this that's pretty well where where uh, how it came together Mm-hmm. Uh, they did build this really cool world, and it had some really interesting characters in it. But mm-hmm. they didn't have time to tell much of a story when they're between shooting everything that's moving. <laughs> right. But there was some story, but it was it was a rich enough world that that we thought it would be a cool opportunity to actually tell some some stories about the people who live in the world who aren't running around shooting everything, and and what happens when these characters run through their world and disrupt it. That's really that's cool. kind of where it started at. I, I like that idea, though. I like. And I like that a, that a gaming company would be, I don't know, humble enough to say, you guys could do this better. Why don't you tell the stories? Like, yeah, they, this is more your focus. Why don't you handle this? Yeah, it's cool. It's been really cool working with Gearbox, and they're, they're really open to a lot of our ideas and uh, helping us out with the story and making sure that we don't stray too far right. from, from what they want to do and what they think their world's about. That's so. great. Like, I, you would think you guys would just be kind of, you know, like... Um, uh, ad- not adversarial, but you know, like uh, like uh, rivals, like like uh, you know, <laughs> rival companies. It's it's weird just seeing this come together. You understand what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. We've we've had um, 
we've attempted some some partnerships in the past that were didn't feel like we were as collaborative mm-hmm. uh, as we would have wanted to be. That's I think why nothing has ever come of of those projects. Mm-hmm. It was like they wanted Telltale to do the small supporting game for their big AAA game. It felt oh, like they were we yeah. were we were meant to be kind of the 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 web version, <laughs> the little support. Yeah. for the game and we wanted we wanted to be our own AAA game but it felt like we were kind of getting stomped on a little bit are you guys content and I don't mean this to sound like oh you're just doing this now but are you guys content to just do licensed stuff now I mean are you are you really not doing uh, more original stuff anymore or is it just that's where things are right now we I don't think we've ever actually put out an original IP it's always been hmm. uh, licensed licensed properties I guess, I guess going back through yeah okay Sam and Max was, was well, as you know, from LucasArts, and that was Steve Purcell. Right. He owned that, so we kind of that was kind of the closest. And then the the Puzzle Agent game is probably also the closest, although that was also not our original. Well, that it's was, that, it, the the designs were based on what a, a, a cartoonist's uh, comics or something, right? Like. Right. Right. But it's not like you adapted Puzzle Agent exactly. You just you took the the environment and made it a different thing. Right. Right, okay. the, the character hadn't existed before. We just kind of took his style of, of comics, the Grickle comics uh, mm-hmm. that Graham Annabelle had done, mm-hmm. and made a new character and a new thing in his world. Yeah, so that that's, that's the closest. Too. But um, uh, IPs are what we're good at. Yeah. And no, I guess I had it in my head that you guys had done some original ones, but I guess not. We so hadn't. I think we're we... we've got something that we're working on right now, which would probably be our first original IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not yet been announced, but the th- mm-hmm. we're working towards something there. I mean, it's been announced that we're working on something, but right. not what it is. I understand. It's it's also interesting to me because I see things more this way. Like, it's it seems like you're moving away from comedy. Is that is that a deliberate choice, or is that just sort of a coincidence right now? Uh, it's just sort of a coincidence. I think it, it was... I don't know. It's always kind of been. We did Sam and Max, and we did. We had a lot of comedy games up front. Yeah, you had Strong Bad, and then you had Monkey Island, and then Puzzle Agent had a lot of comedy in it, and like every everything for a while seemed very light and comedic. Right, and then we, uh, I think Jurassic Park was our first move into something that wasn't really a- as comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walking and was... Dead is just fucking bleak. Yeah, uh, like, not it's... so funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's amazing, but it's yeah. But yeah, there was an intentionality in kind of moving into more serious dramas at that point in time. Is it, but that is didn't it mean that we wanted to leave comedy behind. It, it, it sounds like more you wanted to prove, okay, that we can do more than that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we wanted to sh- show that, especially with Jurassic Park, we wanted to show that our engine could do different things than we'd shown before, mm-hmm. that our writers could do different things than we had shown before, that we were versatile and being able to adapt larger IPs in a very in a way that's very respectful to to the core and the canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was that was really what that was all about. And then Walking Dead as well kind of moved us further into the drama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to the maximum degree. <laughs> and then and then, you know, Game of Thrones is yeah. not not exactly a knee slapper. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazed you guys didn't pick up a breaking bad game. Ah. <laughs> didn't happen. Maybe next time, but yeah. uh, but then Borderlands, you know, we jump back into Borderlands, and that's does that fully have comedic? comedic? Okay, yeah, that I, is fully comedic. I got to tell you, the only familiarity I have is actually from a Telltale game. It's from your poker poker night game. Ah, uh, uh, that's all I know about Borderlands is that one character who is incredibly annoying. 
Yeah, Borderlands came out, and people were uh, people who hadn't kind of been along the Telltale ride for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, Telltale can do comedy. <laughs> wow, really? Yes, we can. We have. Yeah, have you have you heard of Strong? <laughs> And that's the thing. We talked about this years ago when you when you came on Sarcastic Voyage. But I, I just am so like I'm I'm jealous on the surface because you got you know, you're doing what you love for a living. Mm. But also specifically because you've gotten to you've basically touched every like of all the major things that I'm into. Like you guys did a Back to the Future game, which is my all time favorite movie. You guys did a, a strong bad That's game. Right. You guys did Monkey Island. Like all the stuff that I love, you guys have done. It's just you jerk. <laughs> you know the, the strong bad game is still the favorite one that I've worked on. Oh, it was so great! Of all the games that I've done, that that's my favorite. Just now, how involved know, were think... the chaps with that? Um, they were pretty involved. I mean, they they saw and approved all the scripts, and they they did a certain amount of editing and rewriting on all the scripts. Um, they were in on the original conceptions of all the episodes, and then of course, voices. Yeah, Matt, poor, Matt poor Matt just died. Yeah, doing every voice except Marzipan. <laughs> just straight, he was just pretty much didn't stop. Oh God! From the, from the day we started to the day we ended. So you're you're not you're and not saying it's strong, bad. I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna read between the lines here. You you killed Homestar Runner. Didn't you? I think we did. Well, they came <laughs> back recently and then left again. I keep hoping there's more. Well, they did. They did two around Halloween. Yes, they were, they were back briefly, and then they they disappeared again. But I was like, everyone else was like, no, they're gone. They're gone. No, no, they're coming back. They're coming back. I know they're coming back. And then they did. See, <laughs> told you, told you. Yeah, well, maybe one day. But no, I, I, I the reason I ask. Everything all right over there? I, I just leveled up. Oh, okay. I am not an NPC, Mark. <laughs> Al will remember this. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I, I I ask about the chaps just because I, as comedy writers, like, I admire the hell out of those guys. Did, like, was it just we send the scripts and then they send them back with red lines? Or did you really get to work with them directly, like, interact with them and stuff? Uh, up front we did. Uh, sort of the beginnings of the episodes, they would come in and we'd sit around the table and brainstorm and oh. pretty much laugh for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then they would go back to the whatever strong bad cave they were. Where's it? Atlanta? I think, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, then they, then it would be like that. So it was kind of start off getting in a room and, and talking and brainstorming. And then they'd leave it to us to write and we'd send it to them and they'd redline it and rewrite it and then right. we'd go record it. Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> yes, I do too. I miss so, that. But that was that was a great experience. Huh? I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. There's some 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 fun guys, and it seems like you because you're moving up, you know, up the ladder. Like maybe like you're you're doing you know you're doing bigger, more important things, and I, I assume you're making more money and you're getting more like recognition. But I imagine you're probably doing more, maybe not executive things, but you you know, like it seems like those days of fun maybe don't come as often as as they used to. It's true. Yeah, like you're the leader now, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 at that point. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still hands on. I'm still designing episodes, but less than I have in, in the past, less directly in the trenches, mm-hmm. and more kind of working with uh, with the rest of the designers. We got a lot of new designers. We got a lot of really good people here, and, and kind of working to to 
impart what I've learned over the years so that they understand what a Telltale game is as well. And and we talked about before, when you got hired, you were sort of like the junior guy with the least experience, and now you're yes. kind of like the main guy, aren't you? Like <laughs> Pretty well. Like, pretty apart much. from the guys who started the company, it's you, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that all happened in what five years? Extremely weird. No, it's been ten years. Have you been it's there been for ten, 10 years? Ten years, just about. Jesus, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't seem like it. No. Okay, here's the thing that I will cut if I shouldn't ask this question. All right. What happened to King's Quest? Um, decided against it. Is that it? <laughs> Pretty much it. It's we had we had signed it, and then we moved on to some other IPs that were uh, more more enticing ah. and we just kind of let it expire. Oh, fair enough. So, and now and now it's being remade by I forget whom. Uh, somebody's was, doing it, I know, yeah. It was announced recently and I saw and it looks it looks really good. No, so, and that cuz so, that was another thing like we talk about all the wish list, like all the stuff you guys worked with that I love and I I remember loving King's Quest and I went back and played some of them and not as great as I remember maybe, but it's one of those <laughs> things that I wish someone like you guys, someone with some gravitas and with some some good talent behind you could pick it up and turn it into something great again. Yeah. And hopefully whoever has it now is going to do that. But when I heard you guys were doing it, I was like, ooh. <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen with we're that. We were pretty excited about it at the time. But uh, from what I've seen and what I've been hearing, the feedback from from the one that's coming out, that there's some really good stuff. I haven't read too much about it, but uh, I have heard some people who kind of got an early look at it that it, it really is a good homage to the originals that's cool uh, the what i what my guess was and you know i i understand if you like can't say or shouldn't say or whatever my guess was that you guys then were offered game of thrones and you're like uh yeah these are too similar and game of thrones is way better i don't think those things were that close together well, I mean, they're both fantasy. Like, they're both, you know... I mean, time on the timeline. Oh, I see. I think, I think uh, Game of Thrones was a few years later that that was even, like, on there. I think it was... Uh, uh, it was Walking Dead, and I, we were talking about... There were some other things that we were talking about at the time that all were just more interesting than... than yeah. Than what we were thinking we would do with King's Quest. Well, and also, like... Going back to talking about doing, you know, uh, uh, Strong Bad, and, or not Strong Bad, uh, Monkey Island and all that stuff, I guess it does feel like sort of a step backwards, like after you've already done these older, you know, like you don't want to turn into the guys who dust off the old games and remake them or whatever, you know. Right, right. On the other hand, you know, you need to do Zach McCracken too, obviously. <laughs> I've been seeing, following on the net, somebody doing a... Uh... <laughs> Are they German? Cause they probably are German. They're doing they're doing the live action, which uh, what we attempted to do many many years ago. Oh, you and I did, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You and I attempted to do the live action Zach McCracken. I think that's what turned many into my terrible ago. high school film press time. Actually, uh, makes sense. That's where that idea started, as I recall. <laughs> it looks like someone's trying to do it again. Really? Are they are they just adapting the first story, or are they doing something new? I don't know. The teaser doesn't show much. Ah. Show some fancy after effects being done, right? With some crystals and uh, huh. maybe a two-headed squirrel. I don't feel like that game ages well at all. Like, <laughs> I love it, and I have very fond memories of playing it, but uh, it feels very of its time. It feels very like yeah, oh yes, National Enquirer headlines from 1987 or whatever. Like it, it doesn't feel like now at all. That's true, but it could, it could be adapted. I don't I'm know. sure it could. 
Well, now, now I got the wheel spinning. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Do the modern version. Well, see, this is the thing. Like you and I, we lived together for a couple of years, and and we were both in that like. I know I want to do something, but I don't know what, and I just don't have the means. And like, yeah, we, we like we were just a little too old. Like when we got out of school, the internet wasn't really a thing yet, and cheap digital camcorders weren't a thing yet, and it was a real yeah. hassle to make your own stuff. Like five, ten years later, it became super easy, but for us, it was really hard. And so you and I would just sit up late nights, or, or go out and, and have dinner, and just sit in a restaurant for hours, just bouncing all these ideas off. And there's a hundred thousand projects we'd never made. Yes. And that's why I'm just amazed now that you're you're actually like doing stuff because most of the other people I did that with are just kind of <laughs> gave up and got a job. I did get lucky. Yes, you and did. it makes me sad that uh, people today will not know Ugh. the horrors of trying to edit with two VCRs. Oh God! With with very poor time sync, you just yep. hope you've counted two and a half seconds before you press record so you can try to get close. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and hope that you got all the edits because if you have to go a further generation down, it's going to be that much crappier. Oh, yes. Ah. Every new edit you made would make it a little worse. Oh, God. <laughs> the nightmares. I remember our, our mutual friend Bob uh, got a job working uh, video uh, uh, editing. Uh, and we... <laughs> I won't say where. To, I, I'm pretty sure nobody's listening and nobody cares anyway but you know <laughs> we snuck in and used the equipment after hours to work on our stuff and just the idea that you could do anything digitally like this was the late 90s just oh. blew, blew my mind yeah that was nice yeah and now you know of course everything is and you could do it on your phone in real time and yeah so forth <laughs> uh we're old they are definitely old um I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know. I like. I kind of wanted to talk about um, just overall. What do you want to like? I hesitate to say what do you want to do next because I mean you could just do this forever and it would be great. It's not like you're not doing enough. But like, do you have a do you have a like something? I don't know, like a creative bucket list or like a you know something you wish you could work on that just you can't do a telltale that you either would have to move on or do independently or something like that or. Uh, that's a good question. Um, no, it's not. But thank you for saying that. There, it's good because I don't have a good answer. Mm. <laughs> so it's a bad question. <laughs> um, yeah, I would personally. There's some personal projects I'd love to do. I'd love to go back and revisit a, a Nick Bounty game. It just mm -hmm. it's kind of on a s small indie level and, and put it back out there. Just because I still have more ideas that I can't really yeah. do here. It's it's a personal thing. I wouldn't mind. Um, Right now, I, I I haven't thought too much about that. I think it's because the way that Telltale's future is moving, mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's fair. And I, I'm excited about kind of being on the ground floor and helping build that. So more than thinking about what else is out there that I'd rather do, there's there's already kind of this mystery thing coming up that I'm really excited about. So I'm focused on that more than anything else right now. I think it's great that you've been with this company for 10 years and you're still talking about being on the ground floor. <laughs> it's because we're still pioneering. No, no, still, I get that. As a company, it's still trying new things and, and still trying to pioneer in this digital media age. But I mean, how difficult, like, how... 
I'm trying to figure out how to how to phrase this without just saying the same thing I've said 50 times already. But um, you're you're in a position like, can you imagine working for any other company that would keep you challenged? You you like me want to stay challenged and do different yeah. things and not stay stagnant. I think we're alike in that way. And you managed to to hit your hit your star to a wagon. Is that a thing? <laughs> that is a terrible mixed I metaphor. Going to do so, that? Yeah. You, you've managed to, to get with a company that's managed to keep you challenged and you're not bored after 10 years. That's, you know, right. that's pretty extraordinary. I don't know whether I would find the same things elsewhere or not, but I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't gotten stale. No, that's great. Um, well, you and I have talked briefly here and there about the idea of doing another game or whatever. And it's just it seems like, one, they keep you too busy. And two, like, we would just need a whole team now. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> but you've got folks, and I've got folks. We can make a team. We just, we're missing some key elements there. Yes, we are. Like, I do have some, some writing talent and some voice talent, and, and you, like, probably know some art people and some, some you know, uh, like, production types. But, like, animators, I think, was where this fell apart last time. Yeah. And now I think we're to the point where... You well, for one thing, you haven't made a game in ten years on like completely on your own, right? I would have to figure so, out what kind of an, an engine I'd want to use. I was going to say, if you picked up the old engine, you'd probably figure it out. But nobody uses Flash anymore, right? So yeah, I'd have that's to a, that's find a challenge. something new. But I I foolishly mentioned this to um, uh, Vishal, dude, who does a lot of really great art for me. And oh yes, he, I see his art; it's fantastic. Yeah, and he's got his teeth hard into okay. So I designed these figures for you. They'd be great for an adventure game. <laughs> uh, Fish, that's that's dead right now. Okay, but just uh, so you know, these are easily animatable and would work great with these background. Okay. <laughs> and I and I see that stuff, and I want to do it. I've seen the characters. I'm like, oh, yeah. Separately, I'm like, oh, those would be great for an adventure game. Yep. And I know I don't have the time to to put into it. No, and I, you know, I'm currently doing four podcasts simultaneously so i doubt i would have the time either yeah that's the that's the thing yeah but on the other hand we're so busy but we're so busy doing the stuff we love so i mean yep. you know we, we we turned out okay yeah and we're doing all right would, would you agree that the first step was getting the hell out of st mary's county maryland oh god yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh i think it's a little hell that we had to go through to uh to Did be where we? we are now do you think? I think so. I think if we weren't in that hell, we would have gotten preoccupied with the real world and not, not so there was sunk nothing to into distract our us. own brains to find a fantasy escape that we can then <laughs> externalize wow. into creative things that we're doing now. Wow. See, I've always <laughs> I, I've always spun this narrative of I had to get out of there, but that, that you put a whole new spin on it. That's that's so much better than my version. <laughs> yeah, that place sucked. I had to go. Now things are good. Yeah, well, if if you had stayed there, just would have <sighs> died in there. You would have just totally stuck in your own own head and stayed there. Yeah. Oh and god. Just withered into nothingness. And the thing is people talk about I'm from a small town. It's it's not so bad, whatever. Yeah, you didn't know this small town. No. This one's different. It was just a vortex. Yeah. I I hear they got a No, never mind. <laughs> I didn't hear anything of the kind. <laughs> All right. I don't know uh, where you're going with that. I, I last I heard they got a Walmart or something, and everyone was excited. It wasn't Walmart, but some you know some 
thing like that, and I hadn't even heard that in a while. I've done such a good job of tuning it all out that it doesn't, like, I don't no, know. No, I don't care. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> There's nothing there. No. Thankfully, there is nothing there that would ever consider even going back. No. no, no my, I have no friends there. I have no family there. Yeah, my parents moved away. I always said the only reason I'm going, the only way I would go back is for my mom or dad's funeral, and now they're in Florida, so it doesn't really matter. Ah, uh, where everybody's parents go to die. Yep. <laughs> I think we figured out that your parents and my parents and Bob's parents and somebody else's parents are all within about 50 miles of each other. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And much like the Seinfeld parents, they should not hang out with each other. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all I had. Any anything else you wanted to mention or say? Or usually, I give people a chance to plug, but you've basically been doing a commercial for Telltale for the last hour. So, play Tales from the Borderlands episode two, coming out sometime. <laughs> I don't know when you're airing this. It's good. I think it's going to be releasing on on Tuesday, uh, March twenty seventh is when this posts. All right. Well, then it'll then it'll already have been out. So you, all your listeners should be playing it by now and waiting that third episode. Excellent. And when's that coming out? How come it's not out yet? <clears throat> so this interview uh, is over. <laughs> the show was produced by me, Ron Algar Watt, and featured Mark Darren. To learn more about Mark, visit telltellgames.com or follow him on Twitter at, at @markdarren. To learn more about me, visit algar.com. That's double A L G A R dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>